Welcome back to the workroom. This week we're going to be talking about radical acceptance. We're going to go into situations where it might be useful and maybe not so useful. Come tune in with us. All right, Lila, so what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week we're going to talk about radical acceptance. What is radical acceptance? So radical acceptance is, is a tricky term and um, it's been misunderstood a lot in terms of how it's used. So mm -hmm. I think it's really useful to kind of break it down. Um, the basic idea of radical acceptance is that you're accepting reality as it is and you're not judging how you're responding to it. Right. Um, and it comes from this psychologist whose name is Carl Rogers. He was around, um, he came out with this in around the 1940s. And he said, this is a quote, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I change. Um, so he was really interested in this idea that actually accepting yourself as you are leads to change um, rather than what people think is that acceptance would kind of lead to this sort of apathy or like not changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it comes from DBT. It's an example of dialectical thinking, yeah. I think, as we understood, because sometimes it feels like if we accept a situation, then we're enabling it or approving of it. But there's actually a dialectic in there. It's like, just because we accept a situation that it's happening doesn't mean that we approve of it. And so there's there's like the dialectic in there. Yeah. So yeah, the DBT, the D in that is dialectical behavioral therapy. And we talked about that idea of a dialectic last time. Yeah, something of a, um, being able to accept two things that seemingly are in conflict. Yeah. It is so counterintuitive though, like no matter how much I think about it, this idea, like we're, we're so ingrained to think like, okay, fight, fight, fight things, and then you get the outcome you want. It's so counterintuitive to think like, accept and give in that this is what's happening and that mm -hmm. somehow that will actually lead to a change like boggles my mind right <laughs> it, it it kind of feels bad sometimes to like um accept a situation that really is unsavory or that, that we really don't want to be happening right and, and in my mind it's like okay if i accept this then i'm giving up or i'm saying that it's not going to change mm -hmm. which is actually not what happens no it doesn't have to be like that yeah yeah so yeah, this can sound kind of abstract. So we, we thought it might be helpful to break it down to some examples of um, kind of what this sort of radical acceptance thing looks like in practice. The first thing that comes to my mind is like, if you're really in this tug of war, disagreement or argument with someone, yeah. sometimes people will agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of an example of accepting that, that you won't kind of be able to reconcile different beliefs with the person yeah. you're arguing with, but you're not agreeing with their perspective. So that's one example. What's what's like an argument like that where you would be in this tug of war where you can't resolve it? Yeah, I, I mean, I think one that's really salient now is the idea of getting vaccinated for COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, people are going home for the holidays and uh, running into their family again. And and so I myself, I have family members who aren't ready to get vaccinated yet. Mm -hmm. In my case, they're not super against it. They're just kind of wary that it's like a new mm -hmm. vaccine and stuff. And they're not necessarily in healthcare, So they aren't um, immersed in the, the science of it and, and kind of want to wait and see. I'm like, no, get vaccinated now. And and uh, I think I didn't I didn't have all the facts like I wasn't ready to like argue my point so I didn't have all the facts on hand to be like 
no, this is a misconception. No, this is, um, you know, actually it's like, you know, not how you think it is. And in an educated way, kind of argue my point. But I think... Even if you had that, it might not have worked. It wouldn't, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the truth for a lot of folks is like and their families is that it doesn't matter if you kind of come in with an with an educated perspective or the the right facts like oftentimes these decisions are like driven by feelings and like they're just not in a place where they're accepting Mm -hmm. that yet so I think to agree to disagree can be useful there because you can kind of preserve the like goodwill and the quality family time and not just sit in this tension of like butting heads. Yeah. What does that look like in practice? Like, is it like you're in a fight with somebody and you kind of remember like, okay, I'm gonna accept that we can't get to the same place? Or is it like you're ruminating later and you kind of remind yourself like, okay, I'm accepting this This is where I am and this is where this other person is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key too is the internal experience. Cause you you can outwardly say, let's agree to disagree and kind of, I guess, signpost or like come to terms with that in the moment interpersonally but then like internally for it to be useful there for you to not be distracted or or in a bad mood the rest of your time with your family you kind of have to like put aside those um feelings in the moment and it's you're not like I wasn't um approving of the decision to not get vaccinated but I was choosing to focus on like making the most of my time with my family Mm -hmm. you know which is very limited rather than just ruminating on like oh this person won't get vaccinated yeah it's really powerful because I'm here I'm even as you're saying this I'm hearing or thinking about this judgment of like but this is your chance and like vaccination really matters and kind of this pressure and I think the irony is well the the reality is that you don't have control over whether this individual person chooses to do this thing mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And accepting it in the moment doesn't mean you might not try the next day or the next day or that you might keep you might keep trying to persuade this person. But the accepting is that you're kind of saying, and still at the end of the day, they're their own person and they're going to decide what they're going to decide. Right. And that that's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. and it, it, But it's the focus on like, accepting what you can't change is is what you said there's only so much that I can do personally and I can keep trying but at what cost or you know it it depends on the moment like maybe not now but in the future I'll I'll keep trying well and that's important is accept it's a it's a time specific thing like you're accepting that like on this day in this moment Mm -hmm. we're in different places around this decision Mm -hmm. that's all you're accepting not necessarily like okay and we'll forever be in these different places just like Right this second. Right. Yeah. yeah for the, for that case. Yeah. Yeah. But there can definitely be times when you kind of radically accept more, um, I don't know, bigger yeah. situations. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can hear some of my resistance to this term because I, I really, um, I struggle with it. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't come naturally or intuitively at all to me to like accept things as they are. Like that just... Like, I, I want to, like, run in there and, like, re-inspire you to, <laughs> to, like, to, like, change everyone's minds. Like, that's not, that's not a reality. It's not useful. But, like, this whole concept of acceptance is just, it's just, like, really tough. <laughs> what, what situations come to mind for you when you think about radical acceptance? Well, I think the big learning curve 
when I first learned about radical acceptance, so I learned about it through Tara Brock, who's a psychologist and she's a meditation teacher. And she wrote this book called Radical Acceptance, I think in the early 2000s. And I read it in med school. And a lot of, so she talked a lot about kind of accepting who you are, accepting like where you are in the moment. And somehow that like turned into this like way to criticize myself or like the self-judgment. Hmm. Because when I had things that like I couldn't, that I was really struggling with that I couldn't, didn't, didn't want to accept, I would be like, gosh, why can't you radically accept this? Just kind of like, this could be so easy if you could just accept it. Like, I feel like there was always this way out called acceptance. And if I could just figure that thing out, I wouldn't struggle. Huh. And I couldn't figure it out. It's almost like the uh, fact that the, its mere existence as like a coping mechanism yes. made you feel worse because you're like oh I can't do this yes. but I should quote unquote which I you know there's that word is terrible but that that's kind of it sounds like that's kind of what was yeah. happening yeah it's funny you put that into words I realize I do that with a lot of coping mechanisms um but yeah yeah I think that's really that's really what it was because she has this thing where she'll be like okay pause when you're really struggling with something pause and say like can I make room for this and I would do that and I would pause and I would say, can I make room for this? And I would just say, no, like a hundred percent no. And then I'd be like, all right, well now what Tara? Like now I don't know what? what to do. Right. Um, and I think she would say, okay, can you make room for the fact that it's a no right now? Mm-hmm. And like, can you make room for the anger that you can't accept this? Mm-hmm. And like that I could get around like, yeah, okay. I can make room for the, the, the fact that I can't accept this. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, my, my mind and my will is quite strong, and this idea of acceptance just mainly pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's like you were asking, like, where do we go? Like, what now? If I can't accept this, then what now? So it's worth talking about how, like, uh, there are four main ways to cope with, like, a or to four main ways to respond to a situation that you don't like. You can mm-hmm. kind of fix the situation, like, problem solve. You can change how you feel about it you can accept how you feel about it or you mm-hmm. can not accept it and like remain miserable is often yeah. <laughs> the the phrase so like in situations like that like what else what is the alternative or what's the best outcome mm-hmm. that you can you can think of that's interesting because i think that's probably why in these times when i'm asking myself to radically accept i get so mad because it means that there's no way to fix it and there's no way to change how i feel mm-hmm. and that sucks yeah and so then it, then you're left with do i ruminate forever about it or do I accept it? I right. usually choose ruminating forever. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, is a choice. It and is a choice. It comes it with a cost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has there been a time when radical acceptance has actually been useful for you? <laughs> Hard to say. Um, no, I, like, absolutely. Yes. Well, I'm thinking of a time when it wasn't useful and I had to learn that it was useful. Mm. Um like when I when I started intern year, I had this like really um, specific writing regimen, and I like loved it. Like it was like every day I would wake up, and I'd write for thirty minutes, and it just like it's the best part of my day. Like I loved it. And like when I started intern year, I was like, this isn't gonna change. Like this cannot change. Like I will keep doing this, and I like um, was really tired and I couldn't do it. But I would like push myself to do it, and then when I couldn't do it on my one day off, I would do it. But then in, when I was doing it, I would start reliving moments in the hospital through my writing. And then I would feel like I never got a break. Mm. So it was this moment of like, 
I was really holding on to like things aren't going to change. I'm going to stay the same. This routine's mm-hmm. going to stay the same because I couldn't accept that like my life had changed so much that this routine had to change. I see. So it's like I'm just going to contort everything into keeping the routine, right? Because it makes me happy, but yeah. then it wasn't making me happy. Yeah. So then that was really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think what helped is to get to a place where I realized, okay, when I'm working really hard on these shifts in the hospital, I can't write. And I have to accept I'm still a writer, but I'm not writing. And, like, mm-hmm. accept, like, that disappointment and that feeling. And, like, and accept that even on my, even if I have two days off in a row, I'm not going to write because I need to rest from those mm-hmm. other days. Like, mm-hmm. that actually, that took me, like, a full year to not, like, I would, I eventually I did it because I was too tired to not, I was too tired to try and do it. So, I'd, like, I, it beat me. <laughs> like, I lost, yeah. it defeated me. But I would still, like, resent it and want to be writing. And I think it took until the end of the year to realize, like, no, like, it will come back when I'm able to, like, trust that it'll come back. It doesn't have to be this rigid way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the it was definitely, like, a non-acceptance that, like, over time turned into an acceptance. Yeah. And what was it like to actually accept that situation or your feelings around the situation? Oh, my God. It's such a relief. Such a relief. Because... What happened was this thing that I loved, this writing practice, actually turned out to be kind of torture because I'd be so tired and I'd so wanting to rest. But then when I was resting, I'd be wishing I could do it. So it was kind of taking away both the rest and the fun of the writing. So accepting it was like I got it back in a way, you know, because I have it in these moments, these little moments here and there and accept that that was going to be enough for now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's often my path to acceptance is like I fight it, fight it, fight it. Get, get defeated <laughs> like it knocks me down and then I'm like oh damn okay fine right you know um I give in <laughs> yeah I, I mean I think that's what's common in the situation is that when we don't accept it we are fighting for a change or a different outcome mm-hmm. and sometimes it's doable but sometimes it's not and the, the, I think the the key is like identifying those situations and accepting the acceptance plays an important role when it's really true that you can't change the situation at present. And yeah. so uh, recognizing that all of the effort spent towards fighting for that change mm-hmm. when it's not going to happen right now yeah. is re- it comes at a huge cost. Yeah. So it was really making you miserable. That's fine. That it just was making me smile as you said that, because I think on a bigger level dealing with that with like the latest COVID surge, mm-hmm. like I was on vacation as the cases were trying to go up and I really didn't, want to face it like I just didn't want it to be happening but that took so much mental energy like not wanting to face the reality of what was happening yeah and like I don't accept I don't I'm not okay with the fact that this is happening at all right and I'm gonna have to change my life to deal with it but that period where I was like this isn't this can't be happening because I'm resting on a vacation I don't want to be upset (laughs) by this because I'm tired of this shit like that (laughs) was actually not didn't feel good Mm mm-hmm and this is different. It's like you're uh, acknowledging, not denying that it's happening. Yes, which still feels bad. But th- this is what the radical acceptance thing would say is like the suffering comes when you try to make reality something different than it is. Mm. Like reality sucks right now in right. terms of COVID and I'm not happy with it. But somehow it's not suffering in the same way that really trying to pretend it's not happening mm-hmm. is making me suffer mm-hmm. in a way. That makes a lot of sense. So when when is radical acceptance like not so helpful or appropriate? Because you were you were mentioning that sometimes it can be misused. What came to mind when you were thinking about that? 
I think there's times when like a friend is telling me they're going through something really hard and maybe I've heard them go through something similar like multiple times before and I'm kind of listening to them and I'm just thinking like can you just accept this you know like like whatever it is this boss at work like yeah you've told me about this this person makes you mad like there's this kind of impatience that comes in where mm-hmm. I, I for my sake I want them to accept it so that I can stop I see hearing about it uh-huh. kind of thing and I think that 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 doesn't work at all because I've been on the other side it doesn't work like I think you have to feel the discomfort and feel what they're going through mm-hmm. and then maybe offer that acceptance as an option usually not though like that's usually I think someone's own path to find right um but I think acceptance as a way to avoid feeling upset about a thing doesn't really work. Or to try and get someone else to avoid being upset about a thing doesn't really work. Right. Yeah, it, it feels bad to receive that when you when you didn't kind of ask for it. Because then, I mean, I can yeah. I could see it coming off as like, just get over it. Which <laughs> Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, if you came to me and you were like, hey, I was with my family. They're not vaccinated. It was super stressful. Like, I'm really upset about this. And I was like... Carson, just radically accept. Yeah. Like, your family is who they are. You are who you are. Enjoy your time with them. Like, you would be like, right. What? If like, you, you're not hearing me, this was hard, you know? Like, yeah, if you jumped to that before we kind of, you know, I felt like reassured or validated or heard, yeah. like, that would feel not good. Yeah. Even if maybe I heard you and then I offered that, it still might feel, I don't know mm-hmm. how that would feel to you. But. Yeah, I guess it, it, it's it's like, some as you said, it has to come spontaneously from the person. Um, it's it's kind of a hard sell, like, as an outsider to, to offer it. Although what comes to mind then is, like, okay, how do therapists, like, engage in that? Because that's, that's our job. But I think when you go to a therapist, you're asking that person to help you to change. Mm-hmm. When when you're coming to me to vent about your family, you're not saying, and help me to be a better family member, Lila, friend, right? right? Like, right. I think there's a different understanding yeah. in the relationship. Yeah, and, and I guess as a therapist, we would probably start with just psychoed of, like, telling someone about the idea of radical acceptance, not necessarily telling the patient to do it but to maybe like see how they feel about the idea in general Mm -hmm. and then like yeah how they feel about the situation after kind of reflecting on that concept um but oftentimes in therapy like we use socratic questioning so we might ask questions in a way that uh would help guide them to like saying it on their own right your own realizations are always so much more powerful than like someone else telling you what they've realized about your situation exactly yeah yeah and finding ways to ask questions to help them consider another side rather than like the the one way that they've been kind of ruminating on i think it gets a bad rap too because um it can be misused as a way to kind of feel like you should accept abuse Mm. or that you should accept systems and structures for the way that they are Mm -hmm. so like a classic example would be like um, I'm watching Made right now on Netflix, but mm-hmm. this woman decides to leave her partner who's emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. This person, so radical acceptance would not say, oh, accept that your partner is abusive and stick around and accept them for who they are. Right. It would say, like, accept that this is the situation and that this is having a big impact on you. Mm-hmm. And now what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, action can be a part of it. But it's like, accept that this person is harming you. Right. That sometimes can be the acceptance. Yeah, accepting reality. Accepting reality, right. But not approving of it. And, right, and not accepting the person. Maybe it means that you actually can accept that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As healthcare providers, we 
learn that when we find out about an abuse situation, um, oftentimes it's not appropriate to tell them, oh, you need to leave now or, Mm -hmm. you know, create, um, push solutions onto them no matter how we feel. Because the reality is, like, we don't know about their situation. Maybe it's unsafe for them to leave in that moment. And that's something to accept, um, both them and for us. Because obviously that engenders a lot of, like, helplessness in our part that we can't maybe do more to change their situation right now. Mm -hmm. But accepting that really doesn't mean we're approving of it and doesn't mean that it has to stay like that forever. Like, maybe they can't leave now, but they can learn more about ways to leave the situation and then like slowly work towards that yeah yeah that's making me think of when you ask like what has been helpful with radical acceptance I think with patients it's been incredibly helpful to remember that like this person is an individual this person is going to make their own choices Mm -hmm. I have no control like Mm -hmm. I can say what I think but it's often like it often takes the step of like I accept that they're a separate person, they have separate beliefs, they have separate ideas, and I'm still going to offer my suggestion. Right. And they're going to do what they want with it. Right. Like, that is a constant reminder. Mm -hmm. And those moments are the hardest when someone might be really harmed or hurt or, like, there's a lot at stake. And, like, accepting that they're their own person is, like, Mm -hmm. just a constant, like, check. Right. Right. And obviously this applies to adults only and we're we're not we're not ready parenting must be hard too but yeah yeah true right because obviously with children we we have to take different actions but um yeah people are allowed to make decisions even if we don't necessarily approve of them to a large extent it can be tough to as providers to kind of sit with that Mm-hmm. and like watch it happen but it's important for the as we talked about the patient to feel empowered on their own to like yeah. you know do what they feel is right when I, I think it's hard for us as like like this person might be a stranger or someone we've only known for a little while and we only know them in a professional capacity and like imagine then how much harder it gets to accept like that a partner is their own person and is going to make their own choices that a child mm-hmm. you know, a teenager like mm-hmm. the more connected you are to that person i think the harder it becomes to accept like this person is who they are oh, separate yeah. from me they can't yeah. they like yeah i think part of the boundaries of our job actually make acceptance possible right that's like why we should not ever treat friends or family or loved ones yeah. cuz obviously we're so much more in, not that we're not invested in patients but like we it's a different yeah, connection bond. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think, you know, part of talking about this in this moment is because um, with New Year's coming up, mm-hmm. people, myself included, like love a resolution. Like everyone loves everyone a good resolution. Loves a resolution. <laughs> and I think it's it's easy to become kind of critical, like, oh, here's everything that went wrong this year and I'm going to completely change it going forward. And kind of be really like change, change, change and fix, fix, fix Mm -hmm. focused. Um, And I think acceptance is this kind of reminder of um, like this pause moment, like change can still happen in January. And we're going to talk about that like in subsequent episodes, like what that can look like. Mm -hmm. It can still happen and it's a wonderful thing to be able to happen. And how can like there be room for some acceptance in there too of like, this is where I am right now, or this is what happened this past year. Right, because I think uh, sometimes it can turn into another set of ruminations, but like, oh, I I 
should have done this or that or been different this past year and that can maybe drive some people's um, resolutions or goals. How acceptance can play a role is accepting that you are where you are now without all the like judgment and and self-criticism of I should have done this or that in the past and focus more on you know going forward like yes I could have I don't know what a good situation is but I could have been different um I'll accept that let it go and then just focus on like wanting to change going forward yeah yeah I think it's a it's a really helpful first step before like jumping into the resolution mode Mm -hmm. this is this is where I am right now right kind of a reset let the year be a reset Mm -hmm. it's a new year (laughs) yeah it's a new year yeah so um with that we will sign off (laughs) see you next time (laughs) bye thanks for tuning in next week we're delving into how to set goals for the new year see you then As a reminder, our views are our own. Content is for informational use only and should not be used as medical advice or substitute for therapy or psychiatric treatment. See you next time and stay curious.